You can change the world one smile at a time. You can change the world with one kind gesture, one small act of kindness, one awesome word. Or what about two words? How about the words, you matter? You matter. That's it. Just because. Well, my next guest, oh, she sent me these cards in the mail. There's nothing on the back, just a white card, black bold print, and it just says on it, you matter. And she has this whole campaign that has now gone like wildfire all over the world, giving out cards to people randomly. No advertisement on the back, nothing they want from you, but just someone that you might think needs to hear those words. You matter. She's so much more than that. I mean, too. I mean, she's done so many things. She's quite the leader, my next guest. But that's what brought me to her when I saw that charitable organization, You Matter, the You Matter Marathon, where you don't have to run. It was, it was just like, I love that. I mean, not that I'm against running because you know I love that stuff. But how she wants to impact the world with this, mm, it just warms my heart. And also, I don't know about you, but I've had different people come up to me throughout my life and also vice versa that have said things to me that they don't even remember or I don't even remember. And it changed my world. I mean, it made me feel so special, so loved just when I needed it. So think about that and let this inspire you. Toodles. Welcome to Positive Power Lady. Listen in as your host, Sandy Joy Weston, takes on the hottest topics, explores how to deal with them in a positive, bold way, and chats with some amazing power ladies out in the world. Hello, hello, my positive power ladies. What's going on? What have you done in the past week to make you feel inspired? You know, that's what this is all about. You. It's always about you. And I can't wait because my next guest, before I bring her on, we're going to talk about your inner critic, which, you know, I love taking that and squashing it. And her big, big movement, You Matter. And I say that all the time. So it's just so perfect. And the whole idea while you're sitting here listening to this is listen to Cheryl's Journey. And hopefully a light a spark under you. So let me tell you about her. As president of Cheryl Rice Leadership, Cheryl inspires women to lead with confidence and courage through impactful individual and group coaching programs and compelling seminars to find your inner champion. She is also the founder of, I told you, the You Matter Marathon, No Running Required, a global kindness movement and the author of the well-reviewed memoir, Where have I been all my life? Where have I been all my life? Woohoo! I love that title. In her free time, she enjoys walking, (laughs) dark chocolate. (laughs) I think you guys can all relate to this. And once again, hugging her friends and family. Cheryl, welcome. How the heck are you? I'm wonderful because I'm talking to you, Sandy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I just had to. Our good friend Jody hooked us up, right? Love that, Jody. Yep. Yeah. For the Empty Nester, I did that uh, series with her, and she recommended the two of us unite. We spoke, and I knew this would be perfect 
for my power lady. So before we get into all of what you're doing, what's the word that best describes your past 30 days? Just one word. It doesn't matter what it is that you would say, boom, Sandy, this is my past 30 days. That's easy. Hopeful. Hopeful. Yeah, I got you at a good time, haven't I, Cheryl? Tell me why. Oh, absolutely. I think that there's so much hope now that thanks to our scientists, we're getting vaccinated. People are opening up their restaurants and stores. We're getting outside. We're reuniting with people. In fact, my daughter is literally just disembarked from a plane from Amsterdam after being away for a year and a half. So I'm going to see her later today for the first Woo! time in a while. So I'm, I'm very hopeful about everything and what we can do together when we work together. Um, yeah, good, good times ahead. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? <laughs> I have to tell you, it was a little rough there when I would ask people, you know, their words, you know, a few months ago, they're like, faith? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What would your word be for the past 30 days? Oh, oh my God. I don't, I want to, I usually have powerful, inspire, but I'm saying hugs and kisses because <laughs> I've been hugging like you. I am a hugger. And mm -hmm. so I've been going around the neighborhood on my bike during the pandemic. And now I'm just getting off and hugging random people. So sweet. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Okay. So let's dive right into You Matter. By the way, I did get a You Matter card in the mail with a thank you note from Jody for being on her Aww. series. Yeah. Aww. It was sweet. really cool. And I was like, now I connected even more because I spoke to you. So let's go back to when did you come up with this? Why? How? I need to know a little bit of everything, Cheryl. Sure. Well, just for your listeners to say the context of what this is, we are inviting people to give out small business size cards with only the words you matter on them. And we mail cards for free to every individual who signs up on our website. And the way this started, Sandy, was about five years ago now, I, I had been given a card with the words you matter on it. And I was so touched that I ordered my own set of cards and I started sharing them with family and friends. And then I got bolder and started sharing them with people in my community. And I saw their positive reaction to these just two simple words, you matter. And one day I was behind a woman in the grocery store and I overheard her tell the cashier her struggles. Her husband just lost his job and her son was battling addiction. And she literally said, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the holidays. This was in November. And my heart ached. I wasn't sure what to do. Should I offer to pay for her groceries or ask for her husband's resume? So I, frankly, I froze. And then as luck would have it, we were both in the parking lot returning our carts at the same time. And I mustered my courage and I went up to her and I said, you know, I couldn't help but overhear. You're having a really hard time right now. I'm so sorry. I'd like to give you something. And I gave her a You Matter card and she started to cry. And she oh. said, you have no idea what this card means to me. And she asked if we could hug. And we mm. did. And then I went back to my car, Sandy, and I started to weep just at the power. And it was then that I realized, oh, my goodness, like these cards are a gateway to a kind of connection that the world needs more of. And that's when the idea for the You Matter Marathon was born, inviting other people. It was like, you know, when you see a great TV show and you want to tell someone or a great pair of shoes, you want to yeah, tell someone. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be the only one who knows how amazing 
this feels. And that's Mm. when I decided to invite other people to join me. And that was 2016. And uh, since then, we've given out collectively people in 85 countries have shared millions of cards now. And uh, I feel like we're just warming up because of the impact this has. You know, uh, what I love about it is the simplicity. You know, you have, you know, you have, you're going to laugh about this, but you know, when you have a dog, it's an invite for people to talk to you. People may not even come near you because they don't know you, but you have a dog and they'll come and all of a sudden you give this warmth and love. Well, this card reminds me of that in a different way by just giving that simple card, which your card, you have to describe it for them because there's nothing but you matter. There's nothing on the back, on the front. There's no design. There's no website. It's, there's no marketing, which I love. It makes someone feel so special when you give it to them. And then that strikes up a whole conversation. That's right. People feel seen and that's what it's about. And it's a white card with black lettering. And as you noted, there's nothing on the back. And I can't tell you the number of marketing people who've said, well, you at least got to put your website on the back. And I said, actually, we, we don't. Because as soon as you put any branding on the back, it becomes a promotional tool and people and, and I hope your listeners will, will get their own set of cards at youmettermarathon.com and they'll discover and what you'll discover, because I know I've, I've sent you more cards in the mail, that people automatically turn it over instinctively, Sandy, as soon as they get a You Matter card. And they're primed to look for the catch. And I think that's why mm-hmm. not having anything on the back makes it even more powerful, because you're not asking anything of the person. You're truly asking them just to take in the power of this vital, vital message. And yeah. That, that's where the, the impact comes from. You know, <laughs> I was thinking before you even said you were going to send them to me, like, how can I get them? How can I get them? And then you said all they have to do is sign up on your website. That's it? That's it. No strings attached. We will send every individual who signs up 30 cards for free, no matter when they sign up. Our signature event is in November when we really pull out all the stops to get a lot of communities to to do this simultaneously. But we've grown so successful that now we're doing it kind of a point of contact. When people find us, we'll send them cards. And we also have um, opportunities for groups to join, such as schools and religious organizations, community groups. So any group can join and we still send that group. 30 cards for free. And then we tell that organization how they can either print or purchase all the cards they need. And and honestly, Sandy, nobody has ever said that the cards are cost prohibitive. I think it's like 500 cards for 20 bucks. And so we've had entire school districts do this. Wow. um, Because the message is so impactful, as you can imagine, especially to elementary school kids or even high school kids. We have sororities doing it. I mean, there's really no group of persons that this doesn't resonate with if they're so inclined. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I love that it doesn't matter who you are, what religion, there's none of that. You know what I mean? And it can be given to anyone. That's what I love. It's about human to human contact. And what we're promoting is that people look up from their cell phones and see another person and recognize them for their humanity. And when you do that, the bonus is it feels so good to you. So we call it the you matter twofer, because not only are you reinforcing someone else's significance, but you're also simultaneously reinforcing your own. So this is very much a humanistic movement. It's not religious. It's not political. It's about 
creating the kind of world that I think we used to have where we understood how much we need and are needed by each other. And we're just recognizing that common truth that I think many of us feel we've gotten away from um, today because we're so distracted um, and marginalized and polarized, et cetera, et cetera. So this is one way to really be the change we seek to create a more communal, supportive, caring, compassionate world. It's not political. It's not religious. It's nothing. I was thinking of you last night. I'm a geek for shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent. Mm -hmm. And America's Got Talent just started and had a magician on. But his message was uh, so beautiful. How he interweaved it. If you inspire just one person, the magic is beyond you know, what you can even see. And so he was doing a magic art, but the whole idea he wanted was to make everyone feel special and to evoke for you to just inspire, do something nice for a person. And I thought, oh my God, that goes so much with my guest tomorrow with you matter, (laughs) right? Because that's what you're trying to do. Absolutely. You're, you're so on it. It's one person at a time. And, and this is how the world can change. And so many people tell me, you know, they feel helpless. You know, we all want to make a difference in the world and we're not all Rockefellers. We don't all have, you know, huge sums of money to invest in good causes, but this is something you don't need money to do. You can get cards for free and go and change someone's day, if not their life. And certainly you will change yours. And what's really cool now, we have data that tells us the impact of sharing these cards on the card givers. And we call the card givers yummies um, for You Matter Marathon. And we know that people who give out a card a day for a month feel more compassion for others, their well-being soars. And so if nothing else, it will make you feel great. Yeah, I agree because there's so much also data on if you're feeling very bummed, sad, or depressed, go volunteer. And people that volunteer, they say, "Uh, I don't think I'm helping them as much as I'm helping me, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So tell us how you got into, you said how many countries? 85 countries? Yes. Can you believe it? I mean, this is, it's, it's mind boggling. I mean, I'm just a person, right? And, and I thought it it, honestly, Sandy, it's exceeded my wildest expectations. The first year I thought maybe we'll get 10,000 cards out into the world, which would have been 333 people signing up. And now we've had almost 200,000 people sign up. So mm. it just says that people are hungry for this. That's what it tells me. People are hungry for this. And it, it grew in that first year when we started getting signups from other countries. I was like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, we, we have created a card um, for Spanish speaking. Oh, know, people to import us that that we do on request we, we don't offer it but if requested we can create it um but yeah we've we've been in we are in 80 some countries and growing see i love that i want to back up to what you said you said i'm just one person but look you set out with such a pure intention and look what happened i mean it's only a few years that's right you know and i think that we minimize that which leads me to the next thing. I want to segue over into that inner critic stuff because 
people start, well, I'm just one person. How could I matter? What's, I can't make a dent. It's not going to matter. I'm not going to make the world a better place. And that's just not true. So when did you start your coaching business? Oh my goodness. I've been doing it in my, this iteration of my business for about 22 years now, have my own company, but I think I've been a coach, Sandy, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you know, like we are who we are. And I think I started when I was 11 at summer camp and, and dreadfully homesick and started coaching other homesick campers as a way of kind of assuaging my own misery. And, uh, mm. I think I'm, I've been coaching my whole life, but certainly in a business sense and, and professionally certified and all that for about 20 years. And have you always been your niche been women? Has that always been your no, niche? No, it, it has first informally. Um, and then it took me a while to have the courage, to be honest. Um, as a business person, I thought, gosh, am I really going to alienate half of the possible, you know, customers, clients? And mm. um, I thought... No, I'm going to be clear to the ones that that I want to attract. So I, I do work with men occasionally, and and that's all cool. But primarily, um, women is just you know I just relate to women, obviously, and and feel also that women struggle with this more clearly than men, more explicitly about issues of confidence and um, executive presence mm-hmm. and just claiming their voice. So I just feel. It's imperative, actually, that we we help other people rise. And so just wanting other women to rise and claim and use their precious voices, just that's always been part of my DNA. So when you were talking about the inner critic, this is so, like I, I was telling you, there's so many things that is going on in my life that just related to what you're doing. Uh, somebody else asked me to help them and sit in on a workshop that they teach and it's with positive intelligence and that she's thinking, well, maybe you want to teach some of these with me. And they, they just label it a little different, but it gets the same message. They talk about your saboteurs, which is all the inner critics and, and they label it, you know what I mean? The, the judger, the people pleaser, you know, and they go on and on. And I find it fascinating that matter how positive a person you are, if you really spend time listening to yourself and what's going on, you do have a lot of inner critics in there. It's crazy. So they call that the saboteur. Mm-hmm. And then the stuff that serve you well is sage. But it's not even the words, that, you know, it doesn't matter what they label it. It's just getting people to realize they're there, whether you're aware of it or not. That's right. That's crazy. Right. And so you say name it. Yeah, I say that one way to develop a relationship with the inner critic is to come up with a name for it. And sometimes in my workshops, I invite people to actually draw their inner critic when we could be in person. And I hope that will happen again soon. I would give out crayons and a piece of paper and tell people to draw a picture of what that inner critic, their inner critic looks Mm. like. And at first they all giggle and I say, okay, I know your inner critic just showed up and telling you you can't draw. And once they get past that, they um, <laughs> get into it and they do draw these just stunning depictions of really the tyrannical being that can kind of hijack their mind sometimes. And once yeah. we get the image then, Sandy, then I say, okay, what would your inner critic be called? And as soon as we do that, we objectify it and we take it a little bit further out from ourselves because the the most painful thing is when we think we are our critic, that that's all we are. And the first thing I 
like to do for women or help them do for themselves is to normalize it and say it is a voice. It is a part of who you are, but by no means is it all of who you are. And it's to all of our best interests, each of our best interests, to learn how to develop a healthy relationship with the inner critic. So how do we have a relationship with anybody? The first question is, hi, my name is Cheryl. What's your name? Right? So what is the name of your inner critic? And again, some of these names are, you know, they're usually fairly goofy. Um, I can tell you if it would be of interest. The name of my inner critic is called the ruler, R-U-L-E-R. And it it looks like the picture of a 12-inch ruler with a crown on its head. And it's like a double entendre. It's like I'm always, my critic often compares me. It's the comparison, you know, critic about, yeah. you know, I should yeah. be like so-and-so. Why aren't you as good as blank blank? And uh, yeah, and the ruler, like, even though I, I wasn't raised Catholic, just the, the image of being, you know, swatted on your hand, yeah. Yeah. the ruler. And so that's what my inner critic looks like and uh, the name of my inner critic. And it's helped so much just to have that imagery and and then I can do some of these other techniques to to kind of manage that relationship how about for you I I I have to think about it because I'm going to have to draw it and come up with it because I never thought of in that way but I have thought of it in not even like as saboteur as what uh my friend Elena is teaching this amazing course uh it's amazing positive intelligence I love what they're doing too but I I I do believe there are ones that are more like some people are more judgmental with themselves. They're, they're people pleasers. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's different Mm -hmm. ones. Um, the overachiever. So I think before I even took this course, I would just say, this is what I would do. Let's say I had a thought and it was not a good thought for me. It didn't not good or bad. I I should, I'm going to restate that because I've, tried to train myself. It's not good or bad. Let's say I had a thought and it, I'll say, does that thought serve me well? And so if it doesn't serve me well, I will just say, okay, just a thought, breathe, be with it for 90 seconds, just to feel it, to not like ignore it and then say, okay, now what thought in that area would serve me well Mm. to shift my energy? And it's, that technique, it sounds so simple, but it has served me well through so many things. Like, okay, it's not good or bad. No judgment. I I, I can sit here and feel sorry for myself if I want mm-hmm. to or angry or, hey, haven't they get that? And I'm so, like, whatever. But staying there isn't going to serve me well. And And then I shift over it. But hearing the way you're talking about it, it makes sense to me too, because I always believe there's so many different ways out there and you have to do the ones that resonate with you and serve you well at that time. And this sounds like fun in that I love that you're drawing it and then giving it a name because it, it, to me, it removes it. It's not your identity. It's not who you are. You know, it, 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 I call it, it gives it that space, Cheryl, between you and this inner critic. All right. So before we move on though, Tell us some other names that people have come up with because you've done this a lot. Um, it's interesting. Some people just call it mom. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> that, that, that gets us into interesting territory, right? Yeah. I'm like, try to find another name, not not someone you actually know because you want to keep a healthy relationship with these people. But it, that speaks to the fact that that's one of the places we learn 
Unfortunately, even though our parents, most all parents have the best of intentions, we inadvertently sometimes get um, that voice of our critic handed down to us from either a parent or someone in our community or a teacher yeah. or a coach or yeah. a religious leader, et cetera. But that one's come up a lot. And then the others are, are, are more silly names like um, the beast or um, they'll come up with the name of a song. So it, it yeah, really varies. Yeah. And, and I like how you said it was fun to do the drawing when you imagine yeah. doing that, Sandy, because what you're speaking to is another benefit of that technique, which is it gives us a little bit of levity. And many yeah. of us take ourselves and our critics so seriously. And I think just realizing it when we can draw something and, and get a little giggle out of it, then again, that's another way of relaxing us, allowing us to breathe and giving us the ability then to do your technique, which is absolutely brilliant, to say, how is this thought of the inner critic serving me right now? And is there another more constructive one? So we can't yeah. do that when we're really triggered. So absolutely, just, you know, having these other techniques to give us some distance, some breath, um, all helps. Yeah. We need a, a rich toolkit is what I say. You want to have a yes. lot of tools. Yeah. You That's what I say to people. I go, you have to have your toolbox full. And I was actually talking to one of my friends. She's like, oh my God. You know, she was talking about her inner critic last night. And she's also a therapist. She's like, are you kidding me? I'm freaking, you know, 50 years old. I go, you'll be doing it when you're 90. You'll just lessen it. You know, you know what I mean? Like you'll just be aware of it and be able to grab those tools quicker. So it's not as painful and doesn't stay there as long, but I don't think you ever, you know, get rid of them or you're dead and you're a robot, Cheryl. That's right. And and not only that, and you're, you're so right. I don't think that's the goal. I also don't think that would serve us. And just taking your point, I do believe that there is often a kernel of truth, a nugget that the mm. inner critic has. And I'll, I'll give that, that is worth knowing about. So I think what you're alluding to is so important. It's about our relationship to the inner critic, not whether we have one or not, or trying yep. to get rid of it. So for instance, when I was writing my book, I'm not a professional writer. I have professional writers in my family. So you can imagine the inner critic was saying like, who are you to write this book? You don't know the difference between yeah. like a, yeah. an adverb and an ad lib. And I realized that I, I really had to listen to the nugget of truth in, in that that inner critic was saying to me, if I don't watch what I'm doing, I could write a bad book. And the inner critic at its heart, at its heart, only wants the best for us. And is usually operating from a place of fear and vulnerability. So it behooves us to not get so swept away by the kind of the inelegant way that the critic has of expressing itself. Like mine would say, you're going to write a really bad book. The nugget of truth was, yep, you know what? That's possible. Thank you for pointing that out. Here's what I'm doing, critic, to prevent myself from writing a really bad book. I just want a good enough book that I can be proud of. And I'm going to get an editor. I'm going to get a copy editor. I'm going to have readers. I'm going to do X, Y, and mm. Z. So the chances of me writing a really horrible book go down considerably. So that was the nugget of truth that I needed to hear. Like That's a possibility. And so I think it drove me to make sure I was doing all the right things to give myself yeah. the best chance of writing the best book I was able to at that time. Yeah. I love that because that's what you said. You can use it, which it is. You can use it to motivate you. Right. Absolutely. And I do believe that that inner critic 
can be seen as a gift, just like a circumstance or what's happening. You have a choice how to look at it. And I, there's something in me that always believes whatever is happening, it's just there to get you what you really want. And it's not there to punish you. It's not there for any other reason, but those tough times and those thoughts will get you to dive in deeper to what you, where you really want to go. And it's going to take you there one way or another, kicking or screaming or ease and flow. I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I have some friends that I feel like they just go a little bit more ease and flow. And then people like me, I go kicking and screaming. Yes. You know, you have all types of personalities. All right. So let's back up a little bit. It says, take 10 minutes with it. So that's a different approach. Like actually sit with it for 10 minutes. Do you mean like just be with it, look at it, uh, journal about it? Let's dive a little bit more into that. Yeah. I mean, when it shows up, you know, notice it. The first thing is just noticing, wow, that's the voice of my inner critic. Just that alone is huge. When we just notice that this is the voice, not all of me and not just be under its spell. So when you hear it, just say, you know, depending on, on your circumstance in that moment, just say, okay, what is it telling me? And sometimes journaling is a great way of giving it its due. I know, again, when I was writing the book and I was really plagued at times by anxiety and, and worry about, you know, not being good enough, et cetera, I would say, okay, ruler, I'm going to give you five minutes. And I would journal everything it had to mm. say. And then where I could talk back to it, I would. Where I couldn't, I'd say, okay, thank you for sharing. I know you want the best for me. I'm going to go write for two hours. Yeah. And so you just, yeah. you kind of do a little bit of negotiation. Again, I'm, I wasn't trying to slay my inner critic. I was just trying to uh, listen and, and get it out. And then where I could, I would refute some of the arguments. But But from a place of understanding that this, voice really wanted to protect me. It didn't want me to go out and do something that was going to hurt me. So it's like, mm. thank you for sharing. So that's the best we can do sometimes. It's just, thank you for sharing. I hear you. <laughs> and you know it. what? You say, I, I got this. I yeah. got this. Yeah. I, somebody was talking about, I mean, well, just a couple of weeks ago, I had on about your brain is made for the caveman days, like you said, mm. to protect you. Right. And so a lot of the thoughts that first come in, you may think of as not serving you well, negative thoughts, but it's preventing you from harm. And I love the way you just turned that around, Cheryl, and said, that's your inner critic. It's really, nah, I may not feel like that, trying to help us in a way and protect you. Yeah, it, it comes with the territory. And another thing, especially I know your listeners are people with a lot of talent and goals and strivers. And what I have found is that often the inner critic rears its head when we're up to something big and juicy. And so we want to mm. be on the lookout for that and not think that, oh, my, cr my critic means I shouldn't do this, take this promotion or go back to school or train for a marathon. It just comes with the territory. And Knowing that, I think, can help normalize it and just say, okay, this is this is part of it. And I think many people's success in life um, is is driven by their ability to negotiate with that voice in their head, not not to have it. So I just want to offer that it yeah. comes up when we're up to something big in our life. And, and that's just a sign that you're living right. You're living on the edge. You're yeah. being, you know, courageous. That's all. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm telling you, I, lately, this has been so much fun for me and I'm really enjoying this because I feel like my, I got even more tools to put in my toolbox and I'm so freaking excited now. You have no idea. I'm going to send you pictures. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and draw this because I don't Please. even know what it's going to look like. And I have no idea what the name is going to be, but I'm like, I'm actually excited because yeah. for me, yeah, for me, Cheryl, I think it's more what I've worked on in the last, let's say, you know, five or 10 years is acknowledging it. Like you said, don't like pretend like, oh, you know, Sandy's known as the pippy skippy girl. Well, that doesn't mean I have all pippy skippy thoughts. And it's right. And this is a big thing for women. It's okay that they're there. You know what I mean? It's okay. You have them. It's called being human. It's what do you do with them once they're there? And I think that's right. a really important thing because so many, you know, women that I know that are, you know, they're like, I, I can't, I can't even think that that's wrong to think that, uh, take, do you ever hear people say, take it back, take it back. I shouldn't have right. that thought. No, it's part, it's part of our, I think mo most people's kind of human condition and yes, yes. It, and we're not alone. And I do think the volume gets turned up for us at different times for different people have different yep. triggers for the critic yep. and that's, that's okay. Um, one other thing I want to say just to make sure I, I share it with your listeners as a very powerful technique, Sandy, is when you talk to yourself, you know, to use your own name. So it's a technique called distance self-talk. And it was actually um, discovered by a psychologist named Ethan Cross, K-R-O-S-S, -S, who just came out with a wonderful book called Chatter. I highly oh. recommend it, which is about how to, how to manage the noise in our head. And one of the things he discovered in his lab, actually, they've done studies on this, is the impact of using your name when you talk to yourself, as opposed to saying, like, I'll never get this right, I'm too old for this, or I'm so nervous, how am I going to do this presentation? To say, Cheryl, no, you got this. You've done this before. I believe in you, Cheryl. Mm. Like, you know, to use your name. And what that does, again, it's just like giving the name to the inner critic. It creates some distance and some objectivity. And we found, and we know, and I know you know this, talking to a friend is so easy for us to comfort a friend or to help a friend through a challenging time. So that's exactly why this technique works, because it kind of tricks our brain into thinking that we're talking to someone else when yeah, yeah. Um, we're actually talking to ourselves. So that's something else I wanted to offer your community. <laughs> I love that you say that because I always think I'm a crazy person because I, I don't know if you know the author Louise Hayes, but yep. um, she did a lot of mirror work. And so before yep. I go out and do anything, I go, I always talk to myself in the mirror. You got this, Weston. Come on, Weston. And I always say my name. I constantly say my name. That's, it, then you are on it. You are intuitively on it. And a, but I, I've never used it with the inner critic. So I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. So that's a really cool thing. All right. So here you are, you have this idea and you say you feel it in your bones. Ask yourself, what would you do if you knew in your bones that you mattered because you do? Give me an example. Like if you, what do you mean by that? Because I, I have my thoughts on it. Yeah. What I mean is that so many of us doubt ourselves and we doubt the relevance of what we want to share or bring to the world. And I think the real question is, if that weren't a question, if we knew that we mattered and, and that were solidified in our being, like, gosh, what could you do from that place? Like from that place of security in your own significance, 
you know, if every human being believed that they mattered, I truly believe the world would be a more joyful and peaceful place, bar none, period. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it, it just gives us a foundation of confidence in ourselves and in our legitimacy. And so many people, especially women, I find question their, their legitimacy to ask for what they need, to set a boundary, to say yes, to say no. And so mm. if we knew that we mattered, that we were so incredibly precious and magnificent, you know, then what? Well, then I wouldn't be fearful of asking for that raise or going back to school or training for that race because I, I would know that it, it wouldn't even matter if I succeed or fail. It's just I'm worthy of the journey. Yeah. Like I'm worthy of the journey. So that's what I mean by it. I'm curious as to what, what it means for you. Oh, yeah. It, it was almost like the same thing in that if you knew you mattered, then you wouldn't hold back and let fear take you by, like I call it, like it take you by the throat. You would go out and really set the world on fire with whatever you're passionate about. Like you would, right. you, you would, whatever, if you wanted to start a new business, you wouldn't think, oh my God, there's all these people already doing it on social ma media, right? Right. Oh, well, now there's going to be a million one. I know, sure, when I wrote my book, no one got it. It was about your head and your body, train your head, body will follow. They thought I was a lunatic, but I was so driven inside and no matter what I was going to do it, whether I had to do it myself. And I remember people saying to me, Sandy, there's millions of books out there. And I'd say, well, now there's a million and one. And so that to me, I think has been a driving force always that I don't care if there's 5 billion people doing what I do. I truly believe that every single person, Cheryl, every single person is going to make a dent in this world in a positive way if they want to. Every single person. And I've always believed that. I think since I was a kid, I yes. believed every single person was going to make a difference. And that what you did wasn't just like, oh, you're just this little speck of sand. I was like, that speck of sand is really special. So that's why when I heard what you were doing with the You Matter, I was like, oh my God, I have to help promote this. I love oh, it. You're the best. Mom, I love it. Thank you. I, I can, it. I can feel it. I feel that you breathe this, which is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And I, and I, that has been my mission in a different way is I've used fitness as my vehicle to inspire and spread joy with laughter for me. And the whole reason for that is for to people to realize the true power they have within them that they right. can tap into. Not because they're this, not because they're that, not because the book is successful, not because they're married. So it, this just resonates with me and so much how you were just like, I was just one person and now you're freaking in 85 countries. You, you know <laughs> what I mean? It's just unbelievable. All right. Now, before we go and wrap up, this has been amazing. I have some fun rapid fire questions. You ready, Cheryl? Yep. Okay, here we go. And by the way, just so you know, Going back to the drawing, why I see the fun in it, because a lot of times I will touch on difficult subjects for me and my piece of the world is how do I lighten this up? How do I make it fun? I'll dance sometimes just to, you know, entertain people. And that's why when you, I saw that you had people draw the inner critic, I thought, brilliant, brilliant. So fun. And with crayons, no less, right? That's right. That's got to have the crayons. Yeah. All right, here we go. 
So some hobbies you have. I think you told us about a few, but what do you like doing besides eating chocolate and walking <laughs> and hug? Is there anything else you enjoy doing in your free time? Uh, spending time with friends, you know, reading. Yeah. Ooh, do you have a good book you're reading now or is it Chatter? Um, I just finished Chatter. Um, I'm actually, I'm looking for a good book. I'm going to the beach next week. So I'm going to try to do a novel. So we shall see. Oh, Okay, I gotta get one of those. I have too many self-help books. Yeah, okay, me too. favorite color? Purple. Purple. Oh, I love purple. Regal. Favorite food? Gosh, ice cream. What flavor? Coffee. Ooh, I love coffee ice cream, even as a kid. All right, what would one of your favorite days look like? What would you do from morning till night? Just an average favorite oh my God, day. I'm you could be do anything. So boring. Yeah, I'd wake up when the sun. I, I, I'm so blessed. I'd wake up when the sun is up. I'd go for a long walk in nature. I'd have lunch with a friend. I'd have a delicious dinner with my husband. And I'd, I'd sit and watch the sunset somewhere and just feel grateful for all my blessings. That sounds like a perfect day to me. I love that. Okay. What has been one of your biggest, I like to call them sticky wickens or challenges over COVID? Oh my gosh. Well, not seeing my daughter for 18 months. Okay. Say, and by the way, how great is it that she's coming home today? Yeah, she she landed. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's right. a lot to that's a lot to celebrate. Okay, when I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Love. Oh, I love that. Well, Cheryl, it's been a big pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I know my positive power ladies have been inspired. And please support the You Matters. We'll make sure we attach all the stuff there besides her telling you. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's just going to make your heart pitter patter. And also reach out to her about being a coach because I can tell Cheryl would be an awesome coach. You can just feel with every fiber of her being how much she cares for others and their success. Cheryl, tell us everything and everywhere they can reach you and find you. Cheryl, well, they can reach me as a coach at CherylRiceLeadership.com. And they can engage with the marathon at youmattermarathon.com, youmattermarathon.com, and sign up and get 30 cards for free today. All right, Cheryl, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. The pleasure is mine. I'm privileged to be with you. Thank you so much for your support and sharing me with your community. I'm, I'm deeply blessed. And let me tell you, most importantly, Sandy, you matter. You're going to bring tears to my eyes, Cheryl. So before we do that, until next time, ladies, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend who you think would love it. Also, don't forget to check out Sandy on Patreon. 